2: and hello welcome in friday edition of the program glad to have you with us as we close out the week and what a start to the college football season last night the penn state purdue game was great purdue faltered in the final minutes of the game Uh, but a very close and competitive game a great start to the big 10 season in fact both big 10 games so far have been fantastic last night's game And then, of course, last week in week zero, the game over in Ireland was a crazy finish as well. But even last night, uh, West Virginia, that game was wild against Pittsburgh. A crazy uh, pick six interception to end things there uh, near the close of the game. Just a really good night of college football. So college football is back. And it's officially, I can say for the first time in a long time, game day. Uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers, as they will host Illinois tonight uh, in their uh, Big Ten opener, in their season opener as well. And, you know, not a ton of, uh, I hate to say that, not a ton of excitement around IU football because there is, it doesn't matter the season or the projection uh, or the ranking, but uh, anytime it's a fresh season, there is excitement, there is hope. And I think there's some reason to feel that this team is a, is a little bit unknown, and so perhaps they could surprise us and have a season we're not expecting. But I was a little surprised to read a story in the Indianapolis Star yesterday that 40,000-plus fans are expected at uh, Memorial Stadium, the Rock tonight, for this opener. That should be a great crowd for IU uh, in the opener, and we'll see how long the fans are in the stands. Indiana has traditionally had a problem. It's a pretty good tailgating scene, but uh, oftentimes fans aren't there for the kickoff and then oftentimes fans uh, seem to, to leave out early if the game isn't going in favor of IU but excited for IU football of course another reason I get excited about IU football and the return of college football is Don Fisher the legendary voice of the Hoosiers uh, we'll have the game tonight here on the Big X with pregame coverage beginning about one hour before kickoff this evening uh one other note about uh the uh, the game tonight that's interesting is uh Uh, Indiana started as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Illinois earlier in the week, and that went down at some point midweek or yesterday to two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, for Indiana, and I noticed last night, I haven't checked today, but last night uh, that uh, game was down to a a one-and-a-half-point favorite for Indiana. So we talked about how uh, statistically close, if you look at computer ratings and returning players and things, that this game is on paper, so it should be close and competitive uh i would be really surprised to see either team win by multiple touchdowns to be quite honest with you just going off the facts and figures that we have from last season but again with indiana a lot of unknown and really with illinois as well i know they played a week zero game had a pretty easy victory uh, over Wyoming but they have you know a new quarterback coming in as well so it takes some weeks to get uh, in the swing of things and to figure everything out there also but uh, should be a fun one tonight. College football tonight uh, it's not just the Indiana-Illinois game there's some other games tonight of course a big day of games on uh, Saturday really looking forward to Ohio State and Notre Dame uh, you wonder is that going to be years from now a future Big Ten rivalry two of the best teams in the conference if Notre Dame uh, were to join the big 10 so that's going to be fun and kind of a little different to watch tomorrow because of that uh and then we got high school football tonight i hate the friday night iu high school conflict i hate when louisville plays on friday night with a conflict with their high school games just don't like to see it friday's the night that should be designated and had been for years for high school football and an opportunity for that to take uh, center stage in all the local communities across Indiana but uh, there will be a couple conflicts this is the the one for Indiana this season on Friday night but a big night of high school football as well we're getting into uh, still a couple weeks away from the middle part of the year which is even crazy to talk about but we're getting enough football in now that it's kind of beginning to shake out and I think tonight as we get into more conference games and you know Floyd Central's not taking on the louisville mail louisville manuals of the world uh we're going to kind of figure out it even further so uh in new albany obviously had some big openers with bloomington south and gibson southern at conference uh, member jennings county tonight so kind of getting a a better feel for what our teams could look like in conference play and a lot of that will start tonight so big sports weekend this is the biggest weekend that we've had in a while and uh, plenty to get to here on this Friday program. Glad to have you with us. Uh, don't forget, we do this show live at 11 a.m. each weekday here on the Big X. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available wherever podcast uh, you listen to them. Just search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there. And uh, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Let's look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany, segment one. Lots of news, lots of notes to get to. A couple IU football things I want to mention. A very interesting thing uh, with men's basketball in the Big Ten Conference as well about the coordinator of officials uh, who is out. And so that could have some big uh, effects on IU and all the men's basketball teams in the conference. So we'll talk about that. A couple other IU basketball notes coming up here in this opening segment. Later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor for the Seymour Tribune. He's going to join us and we always talk IU football and basketball with him on Fridays. And then later in the show, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis star. We'll talk a little high school football. Uh, we'll talk uh, some recruiting and other things with Kyle when he joins us a little bit later in the hour, that's the show lineup, the service of honey Tam in new Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go and curbside service is still available as well. at honey Tam in new Albany. Here's a reminder. Get your uh, questions, comments, thoughts in, predictions in on IU football or whatever you want to talk about. Are you going to a high school game tonight? Tell me which one it is and why. The Thornton's text line, the number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. It's summer cash bash at Thornton's, which is slowly coming to an end. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. You can text the word REWARDS to the number 803 three today. That's 80313 for the uh, Thornton Summer Cash Bash program. Let's get into some headlines here in this opening segment of the program. Hard to believe uh, college football is here. We are in the month of September and uh, ready for a big, close, competitive night uh, for Indiana. So important, Indiana figures out a way to win this game tonight. Uh, It would really help their bowl eligibility situation, and it's crazy to talk like that before a game has been played. But if you look at this IU schedule and the strength of the Big Ten Conference, specifically the division that Indiana is in, all of these games are very important, especially the first three games of the season. Indiana really needs to pick up three wins to start the year. And uh, tonight, definitely, I think, the toughest of the first three games. And then, of course, Cincinnati in Game 4 will be a doozy as well for Indiana. Uh, some good news, though, to begin the program on IU football, this has kind of become a tradition under Tom Allen Uh, and I think it even went on some under Kevin Wilson previously to Tom Allen but it did come to a stop for a few years because of uh, roster, I guess we could call them complications that were created uh, by rule changes, eligibility rule changes from the pandemic. Uh, roster's got a little bit more crowded. There was a COVID year that uh, players could elect to take. But three former walk-ons uh, just yet yesterday, just a day before the season opener, uh, were announced as uh, scholarship players now. Uh, wide receiver Christian Harris and two tight ends, Ryan Barnes and James Bamba, uh, were both recognized recognized. recognized by Coach Allen on the field at Memorial Stadium after I guess it would be their last practice or walk through in advance of the Illinois game so neat to see that always fun to see the reactions from the players and their teammates uh, when they find out that they are no longer a paying walk-on player on the team that they're going to get a scholarship for the season so really cool there as well and uh, kind of a good way to uh, to head into the season. A positive note to close things off. And, of course, the biggest question remains for tonight. Who will be the starting quarterback for Indiana? Will it be Jack Tuttle? Will it be Connor Basilac? The team knows, and they've known now for a week and a half or longer. But there have been no leaks. I would have bet a week and a half ago when Tom Allen came out and said a decision had been reached that the team and his staff knew. I would have bet that uh, something leaked out. Somebody would have misspoke. Somebody would have tweeted something. Uh, A media member would have picked up on a a source or something, but not at all. So I think tonight... Uh, at 7 7. o'clock, 7.15 in advance of the game when we see warm-ups going on on the field. Who is getting the most reps and who is working with who is when we'll probably know if it's going to be Basilak or Tuttle tonight. Uh, It's been a busy quarterback race this offseason. It's been one of the big topics of the offseason, but it's been strange this year because Indiana's had a lot of quarterback uh, battles in offseasons recently, but we've been able to go to some of the practices and it's the discussion about it is more open than what it's been this year. Um, Even though there was a lot of unknown uh, this year, everything's been much closer to the vest and very much shut down as far as a spring game and practices and even media opportunities to a certain degree have been a little bit different from past year. So we'll find out tonight, but that's the big question because you would think whoever Indiana goes with tonight, uh, barring a successful performance or a reasonable, per- reasonable performance tonight and obviously barring no injuries, which have been issues recently for Indiana as well in past seasons, will be the starting quarterback for most, if not all, of the season. So that's really the big headline heading into the game tonight. One other mention um, on getting into some basketball stuff, uh, earlier today Jeff Goodman reported that the Big Ten has parted ways with its coordinator of officials. Rick Boyages is his name, according to Jeff Goodman with Stadium. Uh, It's been rumored for months that there could be a change in the official uh, men's basketball officials coordinator. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how this plays into overall officials coming and going into the Big Ten conference. And, you know, the Big Ten has a reputation of being a big and brash and tough uh, physical conference. Does a new coordinator come in and make changes with that? Or does it stay uh, the physical Big Ten as we've known it now for many years? But definitely interesting to see here in September, just really three or four months in advance of the season, a uh, decision to change direction with uh, the men's basketball coordinator of officials for the conference. So that's definitely a uh, Big Ten note worth monitoring and kind of following here between now and the start of the year. I saw that uh, there was a report out from one of the college basketball uh, national guys, the top 50 biggest brands in college basketball. Where would you think Indiana – would be on that list and who would you think would be ahead of Indiana on that list? Indiana, uh, on this particular list, the seventh biggest brand in college hoops, according to Parker Hammond, who kind of covers some the creative side of college basketball. Ahead of Indiana at number six, this one's a little surprising, Michigan. Uh, He had at number six, as far as uh, the biggest brands in college basketball. Number five, UCLA, Uh, number four, Kansas, number three, Kentucky, number two, North Carolina, and Duke at the top of the list. I really don't think you could argue with any of those brands in college basketball ahead of Indiana – except possibly Michigan. That's the one that didn't make a whole bunch of sense to me. Louisville's right behind Indiana at eight. Gonzaga, of course, they uh, have become a big brand after years and years of success and NCAA tournament success. Really the only thing that uh, they've not gotten done is a national championship, to be honest. And Syracuse is number 10. Michigan State right outside of the top 10 at number 11. And Arizona, who Indiana will play out in Vegas, they are the 12th biggest brand in college hoops, according to uh, this poll. Also, a really neat series that I love following in the offseason from CBS Sports, Matt Norlander and Gary Paris, some of the best in the business. They've got a series that they they write called Candid Coaches. It's where they send surveys and interview coaches, uh, Division I coaches, head coaches, uh, on an anonymous basis to come up with some interesting takes on college basketball. And one of their most recent surveys – Which arenas have the best environments in college hoops? And they broke it up into three different tiers. Tier number one, Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas, which another location, Indiana, will play a non-conference game this season. Allen Fieldhouse was on 67.3% of the ballots that were sent out to these division one college coaches Cameron Indoor Stadium no surprise there the home of the Duke Blue Devils on 50.5 percent of all ballots received back from coaches and this is a little interesting McCarthy Athletic Center which is known as the Kittle and Gonzaga on their campus was on 27.4 percent of the ballots so those three are the top uh, in the top tier tier number one in tier two Assembly Hall is there. They were on 10.5% of the ballots returned by coaches, but ahead of Indiana, this surprised me a lot in tier two, and I think it'll surprise a lot of listeners, Mackey Arena, the home of Purdue, on 15.8% of all ballots returned by uh, Division I head coaches. Also, the McHale Center in Arizona, 15.8% in Tier 2. And then right there with Indiana at 10.5% is Rupp Arena of Kentucky. So, interesting that Purdue and Indiana both in Tier 2. Interesting that I think Mackey Arena ahead of Assembly Hall and Rupp Arena. Tier 3, just FYI, the Breslin Center uh, on the campus of Michigan. State, Uh, Cock Arena, the Roundhouse, I think is what it's called out at Wichita State, which is kind of surprising. Neville Arena at Auburn, would never have thought that, and United Supermarkets Arena at Texas Tech. Those were uh, the Tier 3 schools as far as toughest environments, best environments, home environments in college college basketball. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. We will head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wall. Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll get you all set for Indiana and Illinois tonight. We'll recap some of the college football from Thursday night as well, and we'll get into some IU basketball. Also, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. The Thornton's text line is open That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune and he joins us Fridays. We talk a lot of IU football this time of year, IU basketball, and sometime we'll get into high school football as well. Dylan, glad to have you with us. The college football season, I guess officially for me, I I just couldn't get time for the week zero games, but it kicked off last night. I thought some great games for a Thursday night. Purdue and Penn State uh, was a fantastic game all the way down to the finish. The West Virginia Pitt game, a big rivalry game there, was great as well. Uh, Some late pick six and both of those games and there were some other interesting scores as well last night I thought a fabulous kickoff to week one of college football last night
3: yeah it was really exciting um it was really nice to have that Pitt West Virginia game back I think they haven't played in like 15 years it's been a while since they've they've had that rivalry game back um so that was cool and, yeah, Purdue and Penn State, you know, Purdue always gets those home games where, you know, it always feels like they, they have a chance to win. It always seems like those are games that Purdue pulls out. And uh, for a second there after that pick six that they had in the fourth quarter, it seemed like Purdue was was going to pull that out. But, um, you know, they, they, they didn't really uh, kill the clock a whole lot. And uh, Penn State put together that really last kind of final drive in the final two minutes to get the win. So, Really exciting games. I think those were probably the two kind of biggest marquee games that were that were on TV. Um, but overall, just a fun night of football. And um, you know, it's probably a little bit of taste of things to come. A um, little bit more games tonight, and then Saturday obviously we'll get the big slate. So I think it was a good start. Um, I think I think last weekend was was, was decent. You know, it wasn't a, a whole lot of big names, but it was a, a couple of cool games. But yeah, last night I think definitely felt like the real start of college football. Um, for a lot of fans and a lot of people just kind of tuning in all together around the world
2: Dylan I've got to ask there were kind of mixed opinions on Purdue coming into the season Uh, I thought they would be just mediocre there were some that know a lot more about Big Ten football than me that that predicted them to have a pretty good year after last night what is your takeaway on Purdue what kind of season could the Boilermakers be in for
3: I I saw a lot of high expectations for them heading into the season and I was a little skeptical about it. I didn't really know. You know, I obviously knew Aiden O'Connell was coming back as their quarterback. I knew, you know, a couple of guys on the team. Charlie Jones obviously was a really big receiver for them. He had a, he had a great night last night. But after watching them last night, um, I, I didn't I didn't walk away from that game feeling like, you know, they're gonna be anything huge or anything special. Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people were talking about how they could be a sleeper to win the Big Ten West. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be tough probably for them to get to that point. You know, having a better season than Wisconsin or Iowa, maybe even a Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if I was as high on them as many people were, and especially after watching last night, um, I didn't see anything that that really stood out too much. Uh, aside from Charlie Jones, that, that receiver they have, uh, he he was he was really cool. He, he, was the re- he was he had a really nice game, so he he was good to watch. But uh, yeah, aside from that. And I thought Penn State didn't look great, and the fact that they were able to kind of hang in there and then just put together that last drive at the end to win um, kind of shows that Purdue, you know, they had a lot of opportunities to win that game, and they couldn't really pull it out. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't impressed by either team, but Penn State's last drive was impressive, and Purdue's one receiver was impressive. So, overall, I mean, I think Purdue will probably be middle of the pack again in the Big Ten West. You know, they'll probably be top four, I guess, which is sort of in the middle anyway. So, yeah, I'm not as high as as some people are. But, yeah, I saw a lot of that high expectations as well. Um, but after last night, I'm not sure they could get there, but, but maybe, you never know. We'll see what happens.
2: Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guests, uh, let's get into IU Illinois. That's the big college football game of the night. And it's the game everybody listening to this show wants to hear about, um, project projections per, excuse me predictions for the game starting first with who's going to be you think the starting quarterback when the team takes the field for warmups and getting ready for kickoff later tonight
3: so i think i i think it's going to be Connor uh, Basilac uh, the transfer from Missouri i just think he's probably a little bit better than Jack Tuttle I think what he's done, what he did in the SEC a couple years ago, uh, didn't have a great year last year, but you know he's had a track record of, of having some success. Um, and Jack Tuttle's just had a, you know, he, he, he's had he's provided like, you some big moments. You know that a Wisconsin win in 2020 was really fun. You know he kind of gutted out the the Gator, the, not the Gator Bowl, the I can't remember the bowl game, but the one against Ole Miss, um, the Outback Bowl, that's what it was. He had a, he had you know he, he gutted that game out, but last year. He just didn't look great, and I know he got hurt, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting to be Basilac and and I don't know if this means anything, but a lot of the sports books, you know, for college football, they now have player props, and since players can, you know, profit off their name, image, likeness, you can bet on player props now. And for Indiana, Connor Basilac is listed as the quarterback player props, so you hit yardage, touchdown, stuff like that. So I don't know if that means anything. Maybe they're just projecting it'll be him too, or maybe they know something that we don't. But, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of pushed me a little bit more toward feeling like it's probably going to be Bazelak.
2: Interesting. I had not seen that. Uh, good yeah. point. Glad you, glad you brought that up. Dylan, predictions on the game tonight. Uh, we know how important this game is for Indiana. Right out of the gate, a Big Ten Conference game. Right out of the gate, a game they need to win because of if you're thinking about bowl eligibility already, uh, there's just not a ton of opportunities, I think, for Indiana to get wins against some of the tough Big Ten competition. But this is a game uh, Indiana should be in the mix for, and uh, I think it'll be a close and competitive game, a 50-50 type game. But can Indiana get it done tonight here in game number one?
3: Ooh, I don't know. I'm 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 terrified to pick Indiana, but I'm also I think I'm a little bit more. I don't know if I'm going to say optimistic, but maybe a little bit more curious, a little bit more intrigued about this year's team. Um, I don't think they're going to be absolutely terrible. I, I do think, you know, we we could be to a point where we could be thinking about. If you look back at Tom Allen's tenure, you know, he he had a couple of five and seven seasons. He got the team to a couple of bowl games. They went eight and four in 2019. They had the, the big year in 2020. You know, last year was was kind of an outlier for, for kind of the track record Tom Allen has had here. You know, they only win two games to go winless in the conference. That's not really what Indiana has done in his tenure. So maybe things just spiraled out of control. The injuries, they just kind of gave up at the end. Maybe that all just kind of happened, and, and you know, sometimes that just happens. And maybe that was an out, outlier, and maybe this year they'll bounce back. I mean, they do have a lot of talented guys back, and you could say, okay, well, they were part of that team last year. Yeah, but they were also part of the teams in 2019 and 2020 that – that really kind of turned the ship around for the program. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious about this team. I'm not I'm not sure if they'll be good, but I do think they might have a chance to to maybe, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win eight games, but I think there's a potential chance that, you know, they could potentially get to six games and reach a bowl game. But if they do that, that, that means they need to win this game. It's so big because you're right. When you look at the conference, I mean, you're probably looking at this game against Illinois and then Maryland and Rutgers are probably the three conference games you point to and you're like, okay, you know, those are three games in the Big Ten they can probably have a chance to win. And uh, it doesn't get, you know, you don't have a more better opportunity than this. You know, you're at home, it's a Friday night, the students are going to be out, everyone's going to be out. It's going to be a, a pretty fun atmosphere, at least in the tailgating uh, fields for sure. And, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans will want to go out to the game. And, and I think it's just big for momentum. You know, it's, it's, a lot of this stuff comes down to momentum. you got to create momentum. And, and last year, you know, that first game of the year, just getting smoked at Iowa, you know, it left no room for any kind of positive momentum. Um, but, but I feel like you know, right now, the opportunity they have tonight um, to win a big ten game, to beat Illinois, to just get just just feel a win. And, and you know they haven't they haven't won in a game in a while. so just to just to kind of get that win under their belt, create some positive momentum heading into some winnable games against Idaho, you know West Kentucky in the next couple of weeks. I think it could be really big for this team. Um, so I think they're gonna win. I don't know. Uh, I, I think the line has been really interesting on this game, too. It started out like before Illinois played, it was like six and a half for IU. Then, after Illinois beat Wyoming by a lot, it went down to like three and a half. Today, it's only one and a half Indiana favorite by, So it keeps going down. A lot of people are putting some action on Illinois. Um, so, you know, I actually didn't get to really catch the Illinois game last week, so I don't really have a good sense for how they look. Um, obviously, they, they won pretty dominantly. I think they have a pretty good defense. Um, but. You know what, I'm just going to go out and let me say Indiana wins it. They're at home. Um, they, they, they're hoping to turn it around. I'm, I'm hoping they, they get the job done. So uh, I don't know if it'll be, it's probably going to be close, but I'll, I'll see the the Hoosiers pull it out.
2: I think an obvious key tonight, Dylan, for Illinois is a junior running back named Chase Brown. Uh, I, I did not see the game either, or much of it, last week when they played in Week 0, but I have read so much about him and saw some of his highlights some earlier last week. A very explosive, very athletic uh, athlete. There's no question about it, and I think uh, Indiana finding a way to stop him will give us maybe a real insight into what the defense side of things is going to look like for Indiana uh, when the game kicks off tonight.
3: No question, especially because probably the biggest area you're, you're you're concerned about for Indiana is the defensive line, and and just just kind of traditionally, I mean, they haven't always had the best D lines. They always haven't had the best guys up front. To to pressure the passer, stuff guys up in the backfield. Because right now, you know, you look at this defense, you're probably saying the strength of their secondary. You know, they got Tywan Mullen and Jalen Williams and Devon Matthews, and they got all these guys back in the secondary, and you you probably feel pr- pretty good about that. Um, then you got guys like Cam Jones and Aaron Casey kind of in the linebacking group, so you know you you feel pretty okay about that. But then up front, um, you know, you're, you're 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 a little bit concerned. You're like, okay, where's the production going to come out of? I know they bring in a lot of transfers. Uh, they had some transfer guys be impact last year. Ryder Anderson, Wes Wes Kramer. Uh, those guys are both both gone now. I think so. So you know, you're kind of looking at you know what holes are they going to fill in the D line and to to can to kind of contain uh, Brown from Illinois. Uh, it's going to come down to those guys trying to win the line of scrimmage. So I think you're right. It's going to be a big key to look out for, and it'll give us a kind of a good taste of hey, you know how strong can Indiana's D line be? You know, kind of getting into the backfield, hopefully disrupting some things for Illinois. Um, and plus, you know, if that running back gets going, it'll set up a lot of play action for for Tommy DeVito, and uh, you don't you don't want that happening because because that you know that's that's always a, a big key for an offense if they can get the play action going strong. So it'll be a key for them to kind of stop the run and contain it. So uh, you know we'll see what happens. Um, you know I you know it's going to be interesting. Tom Allen's back to calling the defense, so that's another interesting thing to look out for. Um, you know I, I think you know he was pretty successful at it when he was DC with Kevin Wilson. You know when, when he first took over as head coach, that's what he was doing, and you know, they had pretty okay defenses. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting thing. You know, how is Allen – I think Allen, you know, he, he wants to get back to calling defense the way they wanted to in 2020 and tw- in 2019. So, uh, that's going to be an interesting thing too. You know, how, how, how much better does the defense look with Allen uh, calling the plays there as well?
2: Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and he joins us Fridays on the program. Five new coaches for Indiana and 35 new faces as far as players – on this IU roster, I don't have those numbers in front of me for previous years at at IU or Big Ten schools or college football in general. But that sounds like an enormous amount of change and new faces, whether it be on the coaching side or the playing side.
3: Absolutely, I, I think I think with with kind of the new transfer portal rules, we'll probably see that a lot more, kind of in the player side of things. Um, but, but with the coaching staff, yeah, that's, that's kind of the area where you're like, okay, you know, not a whole lot coming back. Um, and obviously they, they didn't have a lot of success last year, you know, with the OC position, you know, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, those just kind of both went, went really poorly, probably as bad as they could go. Um, so, so, you know, it was necessary to make changes there. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the coordinators and and the new coaches are probably the area where I'm most intrigued by to see kind of how they do, you know, Walt Bell, you know, as a head coach, didn't have a whole lot of success, but he's been an offensive coordinator, um, and he's been a head coach. He's been offensive coordinator at previous stops. He's been a head coach, and those are two things Nick Sheridan didn't have when he took over as OC. So, you know, obviously he didn't win a whole lot of games as a head coach, but you're hoping that just the experiences he's had as an OC, Um and just just overall just having that, you know, you hope it, it kind of pays dividends for him and. I think Tom Allen's a big Chad Wilt fan uh, for defense, and obviously those two are going to collaborate a lot on calling those plays on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, you know everything everything those guys have been saying, you've been hearing about them sounds good. But I mean it's the off season, so everything everything is going to sound good. You know that's that's kind of the goal. Uh, no one's going to say anything bad about it. So guys, yeah, I'm curious about that, and with the players, um, you know I think you know, it's either going to be really good or, or really bad you know i think indiana uh, hasn't maybe traditionally brought in a whole lot of success from the transfer portal but i mean i mentioned those two guys in the d-line last year you know they were impressive dj matthews was really good you know before he got hurt last year and, and you know he he's back and seems to be healthy so so that should be a little bit promising and you know in the running back it sounds like sean shivers is going to be the guy to, to start uh, for sure and and I think he's from Auburn, so you know, and, and then and then if Baselak starts, you know, he's another newcomer. So there's going to be a lot of new faces on offense for sure. I think defense is where a lot of the the returning guys are back, but yeah, on offense, going to be a lot of new a lot of new guys at skill positions. Um, so so and with the new OC, so there's a lot of question marks for sure. And yeah, and it's a whole lot of turnover. I think Tom Allen said earlier this week, um, it's definitely the most kind of unsure, uncertain he's been in terms of just like guys you've had before as opposed to guys you have now he said it's like the most turnover he's had probably since he's been here in Indiana so uh it's definitely gonna be interesting to kind of see how that plays out there's no doubt about that
2: all right Dylan what's the environment like tonight in Bloomington I read a story in the Indianapolis Star earlier in the week that uh, IU uh, not expecting a huge crowd but still thinks they'll get over 40,000. I think that's pretty good for where this team is at in the preseason. And I don't want to say lack of excitement, but definitely some concern about how this season could go. Uh, What's the environment like tonight, both in and outside of uh, Memorial Stadium?
3: I think outside it'll be great. Um, because it's just, it's the first tailgate of the year. It's on a Friday, you know, students, you know, get out of classes early or they might skip some classes and be, to go to the, outside of the tailgating uh, fields early. Um, you know, for all the f- incoming freshmen that are in, this is their first time to get out there and see what it's like. Um, I, I think it's, I think the, the experiments outside of stadium is going to be, or the environment outside of stadium is going to be awesome. People are going to be out and about it, it, The weather looks to be perfect for, for a day like today. So I think it's gonna be great and it's just a matter of how many of those people, you know, find their way into Memorial Stadium by, by kickoff. And you know, I do think I do think a lot a decent amount of students will probably show up and I think it's just the fact of it being the first game. You know, hey, you have a chance to you know, last year was terrible, but hey, tonight, you know, we're gonna come out and you have a real shot to to you know, try to reel us back in a little bit. Um, you know, I think if they go out and lose this game You know the crowds will probably probably dip down a little bit until until you know a bigger opponent like a Michigan or or someone like that comes to town. Um, But but I do think the crowd will be decent. Yeah, I think forty thousand is 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 a pretty good size for a game against Illinois. Um, You know because you think about if they just put an Illinois game randomly in the middle of the season, probably not a whole lot of people would would be interested to go to it. But because it's the first game, because it's a Friday night, you know it's it's going to be a nice atmosphere, nice environment outside. I think a good amount of fans will probably make their way into the stadium and and uh, you know, hopefully they make some noise and then and kind of hope, hope hopefully they, they try to influence the game a little bit for for Indiana to get you know the adrenaline going. So uh, I think it'll be a decent crowd and um, you know I think depending on if they win or lose will affect how the crowd show up the the next couple weeks after that because uh, I think what next week's against Idaho so you know not a whole lot of interest for the opponent but you know if you win this game you know maybe maybe some people want to come watch and, and see the team go two and zero. So uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be at Columbus East, so I won't be too far away. So uh, you know, I'm sure by the time I get back, it, it, the game might still be going on. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for sure. Dylan Wallace,
2: my guest. Dylan, one basketball topic today before we close out. Uh, the Big Ten, Jeff Goodman reporting, has parted way with Rick Boyages, who has been the coordinator of officials for men's basketball. Been a lot of speculation about that uh, for the last number of months, really all off seasons. Kind of surprising to see a change made here in early September. What could this change mean for IU and for overall officiating? in the Big Ten Conference. Could there be an upgrade coming as far as attracting some new officials? Could the physicality of the Big Ten that it's been known for now for years, could that be changing? Or do you think that this is just simply going to be a new person coordinating officials and uh, some of the more monumental things won't change with this?
3: I think it could be interesting uh, to see kind of which way it goes with it. Um, Because this, this has been a thing that, fans have been talking about for years, just the officiating the big 10 and just how different it is across college basketball. And maybe, you know, with the additions of, of UCLA and USC coming that, that kind of thinks, makes them think, Hey, you know what, maybe we should change it a little bit. Cause you know, those teams aren't used to the style of the big 10 every single, you know, day from, from, you know, late December to, to, through March, you know, it, it's a whole different kind of grind in the big 10. And, you know, I remember when Kevin Warren was first hired uh, he, he made stops to each, uh, you know, Big Ten university, and it was while I was in, in school here, so I was working for Inside the Hall, and and, I w- and you know, he came to IU, and we had a media session with him, and uh, you know, a couple of the questions that were asked to him, uh, we just got to ask him just a bunch of different things about big, the Big Ten and all this stuff. A couple of questions asked to him were about like, you know, the Big Ten officiating. You know, it's it's clearly kind of an issue, just the way it is, the physicality, the calls, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know he talked about you know he'll he'll look into addressing it and he'll look into all this kind of stuff you know things you'd expect him to say and and now you know we'll see if this this change um, actually affects anything you know maybe it is just new guy taking over and, and then that's it and there's nothing more from it but maybe it, it's stylistically and things might switch up a little bit maybe some new officials uh, you know will, will come in and, and change up how, how things are called so uh, I'm not I'm not really sure how it'll be but I do think the Big Ten is kind of aware of how the officiating goes in basketball and just how much it and just how different it is. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're ready to make a change. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see how this plays out. Um, uh, but yeah, I saw that earlier too. And, uh, you know, I think we'll have to just wait and see there.
2: Yeah. Interesting stuff for sure. Dylan Wallace, sports editor, of the Seymour Tribune, Dylan, enjoy high school football tonight. Uh, a fun weekend of college football as well. And, uh, we'll talk again next Friday.
3: All right. Sounds good. Thank you.
2: All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Final segment of the week, coming up with Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk high school football, recruiting, and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's one win this and for
2: all the small schools never had a chance to get
0: here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective.
2: Let's win for coach.
0: You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: We're back, final segment of the week, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. He's with us on Fridays. We talk high school sports and recruiting and a lot more. And, Kyle, we've discussed some high school football this week and a little bit today, but uh, a big game that involves Indiana and Kentucky, more of a regional game, is Center Grove from the Indianapolis area, just south of Indianapolis, and Trinity from just across the river in Louisville, a game that our family of stations will air on 970 a.m. this evening. Uh, Kyle, that's a big one for the Hoosier State and the Bluegrass State here this early in the year.
1: Yeah, it sure is, and it's not a uh, its not a usual game, I would say, for Center Grove. They they normally don't play, it's been a long time anyway, since they've played out-of-state opponent. Uh, whether, you know, we see some of that with Carmel and, and Warren Central and, uh, certainly, Cathedral has played a lot of Cincinnati or Louisville teams in the past, including Trinity. And, and Trinity played Carmel already this season. So, you know, this is sort of a, uh, I would say, sort of a, a litmus test for Center Grove, and, and obviously putting their 30-game winning streak on the line against a really good program uh, like Louisville Trinity. So, I'm really uh, not going to be there in person, but definitely curious to you know follow that game tonight and you know, see what happens there because, uh, you know, this, I, I think it's fair to say this, uh, center Grove team, maybe not overall as, as top end talented as the last two years have been, uh, when you have guys like Caden Curry now at Ohio state and, you know, Taven Jackson at Tennessee and, and James shot at Michigan state. And you, know, you kind of go down the list of the players have had the last two years. It's really incredible, but uh, still, this is a, a program type, you know, this is a, a program under Eric Moore that, that, uh, you know, you could say right now is probably the premier program in the state, uh, and I don't think anybody would argue with you. So, you know, th- there's a culture there built in, and you know, I know they're not maybe quite uh, to that top ten national team that they were uh, over the last two years, but uh, still, I think will present some some tough challenges for Trinity. And uh, you know, they obviously still have some really good players, so I, I think it'll be a good game, and and uh, kind of one of those games that you're just—it's more of a curiosity, I think, than than anything to find out what happens tonight. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way.
2: Kyle, where will you be tonight?
1: I'll be at uh, Ron Colley and Chittard. Uh, kind of the old Catholic, uh, the Indianapolis rivalry, the North side and South side. So it should be a lot of fun. That game's at Ron So So, uh, you know, th- those teams are, they were in the same class the last couple of years. Now Chittard's back playing 3A and Ron Colley in 4A. So, uh, this will be the only meeting between them this year, but uh, should be a great crowd out at Ron Colley tonight.
2: Talking with Kyle Denrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, basketball wise, a little bit of a downtime. However,. Now that the month of September is here, uh, a lot of schools have started or will start their two-day-a-week allotted what I call preseason practices. The last couple years in Indiana, because of some rule changes, coaches ac- uh, coaches actually able to instruct, uh, work on offenses, defenses. It no longer just has to be open gyms, uh, open runs, although some schools do that. Uh, with that said, college coaches here in the next couple weeks will be able to attend some of that stuff, and there's going to be some Indiana high schools specifically right there in your area in Indianapolis that are going to have a lot of coaches coming through the doors to express interest in some of our state's better young players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because actually I was working on starting to get some of that together already. And I know it's we just barely started September, but, you know, it already kind of gets into that basketball-football crossover to a certain extent. So, yeah, the, the teams have been doing – you know, it's a little bit of conditioning the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that's kind of how, what they're allowed to do now. And then, you know, starting now, basically they can get in the gym and actually do some basketball, uh, you know, limited, uh, I think it's sort of what four hours per week is what you're basically allowed, uh, two times uh, a week. You can do two hours. So, you know, a little bit of, uh, uh, working, working out and, and working with your coaches and things like that. So, but yeah, there's going to be. I think, like you mentioned, like uh, Jalen Harrelson is, is definitely a name up here at Fishers. Who uh, I'm sure coaches are going to be uh, all over uh, Fishers to watch to watch him. And you know, we've got some others too. That that junior class, and I know Cannon Catchings of Brownsburg right now is up at Purdue on an official visit. And I'll be curious to see what kind of comes out of that. And, and uh, you know, if, if that's a potential commitment type of situation, or if he decides to wait a little bit longer. But uh, but yeah, some of those juniors now, and that class is a little bit uh, down, I would say, or has been considered somewhat down when uh, you know scouts and coaches kind of talk about that class. But uh, I think this is where you maybe start to see some of those guys emerge, and and who, whatever does come out of that class, I think we'll start to see uh, this season, obviously being their junior year. But uh, but yeah, some of the, a lot of the seniors have committed now are going to be seniors, and then. You know, the attention kind of turns more to that junior and even the sophomore class, which sophomore class is, is really good, I think, too, and will be really deep.
2: You mentioned Catchings from Brownsburg, a young player definitely worth noting in our state that he's on the Purdue campus for an official. Name is Cannon Catchings. He's got a great basketball lineage with his family. But there have been some rumors that I've seen where he really is leaning heavy to Purdue and it looks like Matt Painter, whether it's during this visit or after, or uh, sometime in in the future, uh, it looks like they're on the verge, maybe, of landing another one of the state's uh, top players.
1: Yeah, and as you know, they have Jack Benner already in that class, who's out of Brownstown Central, and he's a uh, definitely a shooter, and K- and Cannon is too. Uh, you know, and I think at the very least, he's going to be a really good three point shooter at the next level, and and potentially, uh, you know, a really good overall player. So. You know, yeah, I think I agree. I, I mean, I, everything I, I talked to some people actually yesterday about it, and and uh, I don't know if he's going to commit, commit now uh, or not now, but you know, possibly this weekend or shortly after, or it could be uh, maybe a little bit down the line. And he, I know Ohio State would like to get him in, and uh, Xavier is still you know part of that uh, process, and there's some other schools out there too. He visited Illinois, where his mom was a star player. Um, so he's, you know, definitely got a lot of interest. But I would agree with you from the things I know uh, from from talking to people. I I, I feel like Purdue, uh, not only basketball wise, but academically, has some some good ideas for for him that his family likes. So you know, I, I think they're definitely in the in a good position right now.
2: Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star, with us. Kyle, uh, obviously high school football at the center of attention now, high school basketball just around the corner. When you think ahead to the upcoming season, basketball-wise, I know you'll get a better grasp on things here this fall as you hit some of the practices and open gyms, but who will be some of the top teams that you're uh, thinking ahead uh, of for the upcoming year in high school basketball here in our state?
1: That's a great question, and I think you know as as we get into the start of the season, I'm going to have to favor Ben Davis most likely, and it'll be interesting to see. Also, with Cathedral uh, being the defending champs, uh, you don't want to. It's hard to argue with you know they've got the number one player in the country by some measures, and, and you know they won state last year. So why on earth would you not have them number one? But uh, but I think Ben Davis, with their with, with the talent they have coming back in that class, and uh, you know, I just feel like that's that may be the pick just overall depth wise. But Cathedral is definitely right there as well. And those those teams will actually play each other uh, in December, so we'll kind of get an idea early on in the season of kind of where they stand. But you know, I think it's going to be one of those years where you know some years are like this and some aren't. But you have a pretty good idea of who the top teams are. I kind of feel like that's going to be the case. Uh, this year whereas maybe last year you didn't you didn't know for sure um, to some extent Uh, so I I feel like this is going to be a year where that going going to be be senior class the uh, 2023 class is just really deep and you know I I, especially in our area uh, so I think you have a pretty good idea but I I think those are probably the two teams and then you can never sleep on you know Carmel being right up there as well and I think you mentioned catchings I think Brownsburg is going to have a pretty good team and yeah, there's some others there, but you probably start with Ben Davis and Cathedral uh, right at the at the very top.
2: All right, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. Uh, thank you so much, Kyle. Enjoy high school football tonight. Enjoy uh, the first big week of college football as well. We'll talk with you again next
1: Friday. All right, have a good weekend, Matt. On
0: the Hoosier
2: Report. That's going to wrap things up here on this Friday edition of the program. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. Enjoy college football. IU tonight here on the Big X with Don Fisher, the voice of the Hoosiers. We'll recap everything from this opening week of college football and much more during our Monday program at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.